Hi, friends. It's Aislinn. And Joe. Welcome to season three at our dinner table. And nothing is off limits at our nope. dinner table. So settle in, mm. grab your favorite beverage. And pull up a chair. Because we have a lot to talk about. Introing now means that you're the one that breaks our car little casual conversation and says, oh, and hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm the one that does? This week, yes. Oh, well, welcome, everyone. No, 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 no. We're going to now. <laughs> no, I, I thought I was doing it just no, no, right. No, 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 no. It's already done. Welcome to the dinner table. I was just telling him about a list that I'd been making on my phone. <laughs> so smooth. I'm very smooth. I think it's you that has got a, a thumb up your butt or something. I don't know. Look, here's my thumbs. Both of them. <laughs> Make no mistake. I'm going on kind of like that Wimberley Girls Weekend, Wimberley right. Market Days thing. Yeah. I'm doing a trip like that with my mom's friends to Warrington. It's like a big market day event. All the thrift store type of market booths, antiques, and do you remember that place we accidentally drove through yes, that one time? Yes. I'm pretty sure that's where I'm going. First of all, this is usually a one time a year trip for me because I do it in December. Yeah. And usually at that point of the year, I'm like geared a little bit more towards Christmas and it's my birthday. And this time I'm like, we just moved into our house. And there's all kinds of little doodads there's empty corners. that we need. We're thinking utilitarian. We're thinking essential. We're thinking farm aesthetic. You said, you said I'm making a list what I need to put on this list. And exactly. the, first, the first thing that came to my mind was that I don't know where we acquired it. We got it we from have, the market days. Okay. It's a uh -huh. metal, uh -huh. old-fashioned boot horn yeah. that's in the shape of a beetle. Not a boot horn. A boot horn's the thing that you put your boots on with. A boot jack. Oh, I wish I'd said that correctly because I knew that. It's a way to take your boots off without using your hands. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I said, put those on the list because we need one at every single doorway. Yep. Because we take our boots on and, and off. And if you want to kill 30 <laughs> minutes, we could talk about shoes at doorways. <laughs> right. Let's move on. It is the life we're living. Every door <laughs> in this house. At some point in this podcast history, we said, we wish that we were the people that said, let's take off our shoes before we go inside. I can't get people to do it though. We're working toward nirvana. <laughs> and then so some of the other things that were on the list, I put a napkin holder because now we've got like two tables right. basically that we actively use. Pictures and faces because I'm doing all kinds of farm to table flowers. Yeah. Produce scale, baskets, rugs because we need a couple of rugs. And my mom keeps telling me don't get rugs because that's where the dogs go to the bathroom. And it is absolutely the only place in the house a dog goes to the bathroom is on the one rug we brought. I call it Turd Alley. <laughs> so I have to check. Every time he's been left alone in the house for just a little while, I go check that spot to see if he's pooped or not. A little turd. I take him out, but I know that it's a time investment because he has to get real relaxed. Yeah. Before he does he has his to spinning smell thing. everything first. I'm the same way. <laughs> and then other things that I just threw on the list, like we're look, looking at tapestries and curtains and curtain rods, and we need like little tables, and we're taking mom's car so we can fill it up. And I think we're probably going to hit a nursery on our way back. So the timing of this, truly, me leaving in October mm -hmm. is. I, I'm surprised that, that I'm able to get myself to do it. You told it. me it was horrible timing, but that you were just going to take it. And I prepared. I like purposely said, okay, I'm not planting seeds. I mean, but I spent a week in October not planting seeds. But at the, but the same token, 
I took really good care of what I had and then I'm going to leave it for four days. Yeah. And then when I come back, you're going to have watered it for me. You're going to teach me how to water. Really well. Just water. That's all that has to happen. And then I'm going to get back and I'm going to hit the ground running because our life is a farm and a homestead. And that's what we do now. <laughs> I had that very thought when I said last week, this is not a chicken podcast. Yeah. Like making the point of we're not going to over talk chickens. We might over talk chickens. I and rabbits. I think that right now we're going to over talk chickens because right now we are in a chicken house. We've got baby chicks. Yeah. We've got a flock that's still integrating. We've got a, an entire enterprise that you described so well last week about transporting a couple of chickens over yeah. to the... Chickens are a big piece of the pie. Yeah. I had the best conversation this week with the people that are moving into our old house. Yeah, that is working out magically, isn't it? Did I it... felt weird about leaving what I knew to be this nirvana of urban gardening and urban backyard chickening. I had to into the hands of someone that didn't understand what they're doing. I was telling somebody today that I was glad that you basically said, just don't come back because I was going to be a little bit too attached to like the land there yeah. because I had so developed the land. We're there. leaving this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I had a long talk with him about the coop and the gardens and how you built them and go watch Aislinn's videos because you can see in your backyard. The yard you're moving into. Yeah, the yard you're moving into a video journal of it. Basically, the, the owner's son is going to move into the house. Yeah, and, and they right. have dreams of Lifestyle. homesteading, you know, and people are in looking for opportunities to homestead. Yeah. That makes me feel really good about it. So we're talking about chickens because the chickens are a big part of it right now. Absolutely. And I say we lean into the lifestyle on the show. Absolutely. I believe we lean into it on the show. And this is what you and I were talking about yesterday where I basically am saying like, yeah, get on talk. or get off the bus, bud. It's time. Mm -hmm. We're ready. We got to go. We got this place here. We got the things moving in the right direction. The podcast, I, I was just telling him after last week's farmer's market, I was like, we need to get ourselves a little, a cool little vinyl banner that tells the world to come listen to Aislinn, the person selling you vegetables mm -hmm. and Joe who hangs out over here and plays tromboncino sword fights with our friend, Robert Chan. You got to show that picture to our friends at the dinner table. So yeah, it's my first bachelor time at the farm. Do you want to know what I'm doing? Shooting guns. <laughs> I'm going to be shoot. I want to tell you how this happened. I love this story. Two things happen at the same time. I know that you and your mom are leaving, so it's me and your dad alone at the farm. You have separate houses, by the way. <laughs> totally. We could live lives where we don't see each other all weekend long. That is something that could happen. That doesn't sound like very much fun, though. It I know seems you like a waste like, of... I need community. Where's my neighbor's it's, at? It's that. And Savannah, I've invited Savannah to go watch Halloween Kills with me. I don't think she's going to go. I guess I could invite your dad to that. But no, I no, said, no. My hey, dad will not do that. <laughs> he doesn't do movies. What are your plans for Bachelor Weekend? He sent back a football emoji. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yeah. I said, oh, well, listen, I'm, I've got these chores. I don't know what your plans are. Maybe we can hang out. My dad's like, hang out? What's that? <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay. Shoot guns? Well, no, he said, okay, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I, I said, let's shoot some guns. And he said, that sounds fun. And then he, then he said, we could also barbecue some meat. Oh, yeah. And I said, I didn't know you wanted to get serious. That's what men do. Now, at the same time, one of my two best friends uh -huh. is in town. Uh -huh. And I was thinking, what if I invited him out to shoot some guns? Now, I'd have to coordinate it all. Uh -huh. But this is a magical wonderland of fun and entertainment. 
<laughs> but there's a lot of work out here there's too. There's a lot of work. So yeah. You got to carve your time We got in. chores, man. We got chores. I mean, basically friends, welcome to Dinner Table Talks at Freedom Harvest Farms. Hey everybody, it's just Aislinn. And I wanted to make sure and let you guys all know that I will be attending the Cannoli Fall Fest on October the 23rd as a mobile farm stand. And I have an online farm stand called Aislinn's Overflow of Abundance where you can pre-order and pick things up at events. And by the way, it's time to start getting your onions so that you can get them planted in the ground in November. I look forward to seeing you all. See you soon. One year ago today. Year ago time war. Time war. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? One year ago today. Season two, episode six. You opened the podcast by talking about my beautiful eyes. I did? Yes. I don't recall that. Go back and listen, please. And then uh, we enjoyed a beefy eggplant parmesan, right? I listened uh-huh, uh-huh, to the uh-huh. podcast yeah. and it was, and was I am good... overflowing with eggplant. And we were looking for ways to use eggplant. And so we found an eggplant parmesan, but we added beef to satisfy everybody at the house. Uh-huh. Where's my eggplant? Well, let's see. This is a seasonal podcast. I should be eating that eggplant, that beefy eggplant. I miss the eggplant boat. I let... I bought some uh... eggplants at the farmer's market. Where's my eggplants, please? There's so much information that we have to know about plants in order to produce food from them correctly. Okay. And eggplants, tomatoes, peppers, they're all what could be referred to as a biannual. And there's different ways to call it. Sometimes they might even call something a perennial, but these nightshades are really biannuals. So what that means is, is that it really needs to grow for two years before it really starts to put on its good production. And then after that, then you can decide how healthy it is to continue to keep it going. If you don't live in an area where a freeze will potentially kill it. And sometimes things became annual because they were being grown in places that froze once a year. But we live in an area where even when we freeze, we don't freeze hard every year. Mm -hmm. So things that have the ability to be biannual and perennial here do, but we treat them like annual plants. Okay. So what happened to me was the eggplants froze in the big freeze. The Texas freeze apocalypse? Yeah. We, I had three-year-old eggplants were very healthy and they were producing like crazy. And so every time the fall temperatures drop, boom. Every time the spring temperatures drop, boom, I've got eggplants. Well, because I had well-established eggplants that were producing well, I didn't hit getting those plants in the ground, getting those plant seeds started hard last year. So I don't have any good, oh, well-established eggplants. Had it not been that freeze, that once in a hundred years, what freeze that we well, had? Well, I expect it to go on like that. I just think that yeah. we need to be more prepared. Now, what about the new place and what do we do now to get the eggplants that we want? I'm already doing it. I have established plants that are growing larger because it freezes out here more than it freezes in town where we were at. So I have to create the warm microclimates out yeah. here. And I've got work to do with that. We finally got around to those gluten-free pizzas that we talked about two weeks ago and last week. Yeah. And I bought eggplant at the farmer's market that I saw. Yeah, I mean... To put on that, our pizzas. Anybody that had any that stayed alive or bought eggplants from someone that started yeah. them a year ahead. See, that was the thing. I just... My timing of everything just was off. So I just don't have eggplants. Will we have you know. eggplant next year? I hope so. But listen, this is the reason why there is a local food network that's a system of people that all know each other. Because... 
if my farm is down because I had mm -hmm. a certain type of insect yeah. or the weather hit my farm a little bit differently than someone else's farm that particularly hit my eggplant and I like eggplant, thank God I have a lot of farmer friends because I just went out and bought myself some eggplant and guess what they need to do? Sell eggplant because they got a lot of eggplant and they've already cooked the this and a that and a while, this and a while that. While you're swimming in peppers over here. Exactly. That's what, that's what co-oping was all about from the beginning. Okay, so this time last season... I want to play something for you from the episode. But one of the things that is really, really fun about this business as it grows and as it shifts and as I take on new things and have new opportunities is my dad is really, my dad and my mom both are really investing in the farm in a way that makes it really, really easy for them and me to host events. Yeah. So I'm going to be able to host a lot of different types of retreats and farm-to-table dinners and gardening classes. One year later. Yeah, I've been visioning this. We've been visioning this. And my mom said the words the other day, now you have your canvas. And she's right. Now what do we create with the investment, the initial investment? How do we turn that into the next thing? And there are little different types of ideas popping up all over the place, along with still understanding that we really don't know where we're going as a society, as a country, but we feel real good about the like the way we're developing these things and the timing of and them all. the kinds all. of education that you offer. Exactly. Because people are hungry for it. Exactly. And they're going to get hungrier for it, literally. I think the fun thing about listening back to the things and seeing the seasonality it's journaling. It's being able to evolve. You know what? You're right. I'm going to read you our journal from a year ago. Yes. Every week. Yes. What does our vision board look like? I mean, one of the things I've done in the new studio area is around like my business stuff and my different awards and things that I've received. I've put up, and I'm not saying that, I'm just trying to describe the wall, you guys. There, there, so, are, there are so many awards. There's so many awards. They're everywhere. So, I mean, but part of that is like me creating this like vision wall where I've put up things that I've created over the years that were literally just vision boards. They were journaling on paper that looked like art. And there's the yin and the yang to this. I'm going to put it out there for the universe to know these are the things that I'm hoping for. These are the things I dream of, right? These are, these are the intentions I'm setting. But then I'm also going to live the lifestyle, I'm going to do the things and right. I'm going to be the things. It's faith and works. It's everything. It's yin and yang. It's masculine and feminine. It's non-duality because it all exists at the same time. And that's how we turn those journals into living the, the types of dreams that we, uh, as a community, a family, create. I just realized I didn't talk about the pasty butt that I wanted to talk about. Keeping us on track is probably the most challenging part of a podcast, but I noticed the other day that Savannah pointed out how hard it is to keep you on one story. We chase rabbits like crazy. On that note, I can't wait until we have rabbits out here. <laughs> and it'll be a rabbit podcast then. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Last week, you heard that Nana asked for pizzas. She asked two weeks ago. Last week, we talked about how we didn't deliver. Oh, dang. I know. So then she went out and bought all the stuff to make pizzas. Right, for that next week. And you bought the eggplants for the pizzas, and we were all ready to make pizzas. And then I think somehow it was my responsibility to make the pizzas, but I was in the garden because it had just <laughs> rained, and 
that's where I go. And all of a sudden it was, I had messed it all up. And so Nana didn't Did, get no, any pizza. I don't pizzas. think you messed it up. I no, think that I we really just need to up. come to the conclusion that we prefer to eat later than your folks and your folks prefer to eat late, bef- earlier than us. So we have to find the happy medium. We have to find the happy medium if we're going to yeah. sit down at a table together. Yeah, totally. Tonight worked out. We'll talk about that in a minute. And so then, so, so we ended up making, we ended the pizzas, up making the pizza and they were delicious. They were, and we will do another pizza night and St- Nana will get to be there. Free. What did you think? They were good. The but crusts. The size of those sponges. pizzas. I'll tell you if a pizza crust is bad. I am picky about pizza crust. So yeah. I'll tell you if a pizza crust is bad. And I do have to give and take with my perfect pizza crust in life because I now am gluten free, but I love good pizza. So it doesn't matter to me, really. I just want to eat pizza. And the fact that I have pizza in my life and we can make pizzas and do lots of pizzas, that's part of our life. The thing that you should not talk about is how you made ribs. And she also didn't get to eat any of these amazing ribs. That wasn't very nice of you. Sunday night, there's a big responsibility to make food for the next night because I'm not here Monday nights to make food. And we had a bunch of leftovers that I think everybody was sick of. So I said, I'm just going to, I don't know, make some ribs. And I made a rack of ribs. And we ate on them for like four days. Everybody had a rib once a day <laughs> or something like that. It was just like the protein It boost. was while your daughter was here. Yeah. And I made them on a night I knew they weren't here. They were really good, y'all. But now I'm buying double of everything at the farmer's market with mm-hmm, meat mm-hmm. so that I can make bigger portions. Mm-hmm. So I was using a rack of ribs that I probably bought before we moved. Tell us about how you cooked them because they were the best ribs you've ever made. And you use somebody's special seasoning that I want you to talk. I want to talk. Well, about. why don't you tell us about the seasoning? Because the seasoning inspired me to make the ribs. I had this cool thing that I could use as a rib rub, which is a f-ing fun word to say. <laughs> Saturday, I taught a class with some kids. So freaking cute! Yeah. I brought a chicken and I dressed like a witch. I told, and we planted carrots and radishes. I told my son on the way home from buying you a witch hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to go buy Aislinn an emergency witch hat. And he said, I bet you didn't wake up and think you'd say that sentence. <laughs> but anyway, that had me in town on a Saturday morning. And on Saturday morning, there's a farmer's market in town. And I had the best time shopping at the Fall Fest farmer's you, market. You farmer's shop market. differently at farmer's markets than I do because you brought home a lot of really cool stuff that I wouldn't have. This is when I got, I got a lot of cool stuff and we could go on and on and on forever about all the nice things at the farmer's market that locals make that are awesome, that you should shop at a farmer's market, find the nearest one to you. But this particular thing was a a guy that had seasoning and I'm starting to think as I'm looking through these farmer's markets, like, okay, I got to pick up some things. Like I go places, people gift me things all the time. I need to have like a... This is not the first time you've told me this. I've you got want to have a, a stash. Yeah, you want a little magic bag yeah. that you can reach in and yeah. hand someone the somebody's birthday, value and I'm going to see event. them on their birthday. I should take some little something with me. Exactly, you know? and, and people someone do for that lunch. to me yeah, all course. the time. People bring me all kinds of nice well, things. Well, you brought home a bunch of those goodies. Yeah, Sandy. Oh my gosh, Sandy brought me the coolest housewarming gift. Mm-hmm. So it's like things, some stuff, a, a basket bag of, of yes. Yeah. And one of them was like a bath salt type of thing, but with dried flowers in it. So I had already took a bath with that. (laughs) Then the other one is um, vanilla sugar. I think it's got like ground vanilla bean in sugar. Right. I had to to dip my pinky in and taste it like cocaine in a drug movie to see, you know, to make sure that it was (laughs) exactly as advertised. (laughs) And I went in for a second dip. 
But this Vanilla is the sugar. one that is super exciting. What it's is it? the butterfly pea Redmond salt. And I have been putting it on I've been putting it on my boiled eggs, on the popcorn. This is exactly what I would buy at a farmer's market yes. or from Sandy yes. on a consistent basis because the flavor is amazing. Yes. And I, will, I want to be able to pinch a big handful of it and throw it on everything. Thank you, Sandy. These gifts were really very kind of you. This is what I'm going to bring you back. So you're a sucker for these kinds of gifts at a farmer's market? Yeah, so I I pull up at Jacob's season booth and I recognize his logo and he starts talking to me, comes over and he's got, you know, seafood boil seasonings and seafood seasonings and, and one of them is like Vietnamese and it's kind of sweet and you toss it in your crawfish, a crawfish, oh, shrimp, oh, you oh, crab, oh yeah, you're talking my language now. So I just like paid $20 and got a bunch of things yeah. and brought them home and was like, these are for you and these are for my friends. I'm stuffing them over here in my So you gave me two big, nice thick packages of seasoned salt, essentially. Mm-hmm. One of them Cajun, one of them Vietnamese Cajun. And that got me thinking, I've got a single rack of ribs that's perfect for three or four people. Mm-hmm. 250 Parchment paper on your baking sheet, the ribs, liberally seasoned with your rib rub. The noteworthy thing about this rub and what made it so Vietnamese was that it was, I don't know, 50% sesame seeds. Yeah. And I didn't even realize what it was until I poured it on the ribs. And I was like, these are covered in sesame seeds. Uh All right. (laughs) Tightly covered in foil. Three hours. Mm-hmm. After the two-hour mark, I went in and tasted it. No, 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 no. This is a whole other hour. Mm-hmm. But this time I did something a little different. I shy away from the sweet, sweet traditional barbecue sauce. Ugh. But I made some from scratch. This was good. So good. And then I set it aside until the ribs were done done. And that was a 30-minute check a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Fall off the bone. They're ready. Take the foil off. Slather both sides with my newly made barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Put them under a low broil. Timing it to when you walk into the kitchen to watch this very masculine process. Mm. Okay. And then I let them rest for a few minutes and there was that sticky caramelized barbecue sauce. I All I can tell you is they were good. And so Jacob that makes awesome seasonings that, Call that used a rib to rub. have a food truck in town. If you live around this area, your stuff is good. So y'all go get some of his stuff. Find him at the next farmer's market or whatever. The only limitation is time. You got to sit there and wait for them to be done. But if you have an oven, these are some of the best ribs you can make. Mm. We were going through it. The ribs are the only thing I really made this week. Yeah, but I've been doing a lot of cooking. That is the truth. And I knew that it was going to be different, but I'm not sure I understood exactly what the flow was going to be like. But I go out to the garden, and as I'm harvesting things, depending on... I want to do something with this. Well, it's deeper than that. It's... Looking at what it is and going, well, this something needs to be done with this fairly quickly. And it's also not me just like bringing it back over into a house where the kitchen's dirty and everything's a disaster and going, what the hell do I do with this now? It's getting it out of the garden, bringing it directly into the house, you know, cutting it up, cleaning it up, washing it, whatever, and either putting it away in the fridge or turning it into something. Little side things like snacks and preserves and dried teas and all kinds of things like that and trying new things out. And then when I like how it came together, I've got a mobile farm stand. So today, after I had gone and made a bunch of the hibiscus tea, I got the idea from 
a past executive board member from Grow Local is uh-huh. putting on the farm to table dinner this year. Okay. It's on October the 24th. I think they're still selling tickets if anybody's interested in that. And she talked to me about, well, why don't you make me the tea? Don't just sell me the Roselle, sell me the tea. And yeah. I'm like, take full advantage of the supply chain. It's exactly right. Yeah. At added value. She reminded me of the added value. Then supply chains are breaking down, so take full advantage when you get one. Exactly. So the I, supply chains are breaking uh, they down. Are, I know. Like, how deep do you uh, want stop, me to go? Stop! 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 <laughs> that was my fault. And I know that you're making some. I think to take with you on this girls' trip. I am. So I'm trying out different recipes. But today I went into town to get my hair cut, and I put out an Looks order form. And people showed up and purchased. And some of the things that they were purchasing was the teas that I'd made. And I didn't sell it all. I gave some of it away to friends also. Yeah. Now I'm looking at everything like that. So all the basil I bring in, if I let it go, well, that's not too big of a deal because I got chickens and they're going to turn it into eggs for me. But if I go ahead and do something with it, make basil pesto, I'm headed on a girl's trip. I'm making all this food now. I'm, you know, calling you up today. Oh yeah. Bring home mozzarella balls, cherry tomatoes. I'm going to make butter. caprese salad. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want good salted butter so that I can make, I can eat my French breakfast radishes, <laughs> packing myself an ice chest. You're taking I'm, the charcuterie with you. Wouldn't you go? Yes, because I have to eat and our eating, our eating schedules are odd. Our eating styles are odd. So we're always best in any crowd to just bring our own and meme in there in the kitchen making it. One of the things that always felt weird about that other house was that there was this massive oh shift where I just wouldn't cook anything. And you, it was because I hated want to go that in the kitchen, kitchen yeah, you, so you, bad. We've got an open great room now. Oh yeah. There is no And a big open kitchen with an open. island and cabinets and, and big bright lights and yes. a faucet that I could clean uh, a four by four that just got out of the field with. It's got a special button. Oh, yeah, that's right. You love the faucet. It is a life changer. <laughs> it's like commercial kitchen style. I it's mean, commercial kitchen shit. Yes, yes. And then that little section over there on the side I can, I can with the pretty. paint with that faucet. Go ahead. <laughs> that little section over there on the side that just kind of accidentally magically got made into like my perfect Instagram spot where it's like the perfect <laughs> green wall. The kitchen studio. <laughs> with the light on top. Yeah, the perfect like, light. Everything is perfect about it. It's I can you just make your pop smoothie, everything over there. I can make my smoothies, uh-huh. making daily smoothies and you are changing our house with this new kind of like invigoration in no, your cooking No, no. You see, that's the thing that I was trying to say. This isn't a new concept. The concept Two was, things can be true at the same when time. When we lived in the house before that last house, that's right. I cooked. I always had the great ideas. I was making all kinds of cool things in the kitchen. It was that house. I didn't want to cook in that house. And now I don't want to cook meat. So that's the deal. I don't want to cook a big full-blown meal. I just want to do the things I need to do. I just want to do what I want, and that's it. <laughs> All I know is on the weekends when I'm here in the morning, uh-huh. and you, you make smoothies. You better make me breakfast. No, hold on. And you make smoothies? <laughs> yes. Never stop making those. They're a part of the wellness of this farm. I got a fantastic piece of advice from the same friend. We were talking on the phone as well. And she said, I got a bit of advice when I lived in kind of a rural setting. Because that drive to the grocery store, that drive to work is a factor. Mm-hmm. And if you're the one yeah, that's the responsible Yeah, the part that I don't for, have anymore. I don't have that factor know, as much. I know. Plan tomorrow's meal. Don't plan tonight's meal. Because if you plan tomorrow's meal today, 
you'll never worry about today's meal. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, thank you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I thought about it for the rest uh -huh. of the day. Emily's sneaky like that. <laughs> and I think that it will actually lead, and I, that's all I want to say about it. I think it will, and then we'll see if it will, to some great conversation on the show. I love it. So I didn't plan tomorrow's meal yesterday. All right. Then all of a sudden, like an angel, <laughs> we get a group text. How does this sound? With uh -huh. a link to Instant Pot Pho. Uh-huh. Now you go back. We are pho connoisseurs. We are pho connoisseurs. Stop it. You go back and you'll hear all about our pho journey that we had pre-COVID when we would go every other Tuesday out with friends and try different restaurants around town. Is this the one where we made the pho jokes, a lot of them? Don't forget the rule of comedy three. <laughs> so yeah, we know pho. King. And, mm, <laughs> and your mom sends this magical message. And I said, you are an angel. Thank you. Because uh -huh. Aislinn's got a lot of stuff to do tonight to prep for the trip. We're going to record the podcast. The idea that out of heaven fell pho. Mm -hmm. And we found that happy medium where we could all eat together and went across the street. And I enjoyed myself immensely. I was in town and I wasn't in a hurry to get back. And, you know, I, I think that it's fair to, to do that. My mom does it. She has like one day a week where she like goes to town and she does all the things and she goes to the places she needs to go to. Right. And I don't like to shop, but there's definitely places that I need to go to when I go to town. And I definitely want to try to get you to sneak out of work a little bit early and go downtown and have a sip or, and a snack. A snack. <laughs> a snack. Gotta have a snack. I gotta have a snack. Yeah, the snack I... is the most important part in my opinion, actually. You suggested we go have a snack. We did. So I wasn't in the garden at six o'clock, which uh, I normally right. am every day in the garden at six o'clock. And so we all ate together. I want to try this. It sounds like it was simple. She had all the garnishes like the mm -hmm. fancy. Like a real pho restaurant. Exactly. The cilantro, the bean sprouts, the, the fresh lime slices. Jalapeno and serranos out of the garden. Out of the mm -hmm. garden. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And Savannah even came out of her room to have some. She was super excited she about was very it. very excited. And then your mom excited her even more by saying, next up, ramen. Yep. Because ramen is very popular with the kids. Very popular. <laughs> Anyways, the food was excellent. And we would love to get more information about that recipe, mom. So unanswered questions next week will be the recipe that my mom gives you and Gone shows away. you and talks to that. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive? I haven't done this correctly at all. Hmm. Which thing are we talking about? <laughs> I'm going to stay on task. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I asked you what the scariest movie is you ever saw because October started. And I got the idea from a list of questions presented in a podcast. And you know what? These are a fun list of questions. Let's just do it. The podcast is Films to be Buried with by Brett Goldstein. Uh -huh. You know Brett Goldstein that plays Roy Kent <gasps> in Ted Lasso. <gasps> I love Ted Lasso and I love Roy Kent. That I love season them all. finale, all of it is so good. I love good. them all. Watch Ted Lasso if you haven't. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do now my impression of Brett Goldstein doing these questions without the accent or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I hate to tell you this, but you're dead. Uh -huh. And heaven exists. But what you may not know is that heaven is very into movies. Uh -huh. And they want you to tell your life in movies. 
Okay. So let's begin. And then last week I asked you, what's the first movie you ever saw? So go back to last week. And that's the first question. And two weeks ago, I asked his second question, what's the film that scares you most? So you can go back two weeks. Mm -hmm. You with me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's the third question Uh on the heels of what's the film that scares you the most. What's the film that makes you cry? I'm so not good at this. I'm wondering how successful this could be. A a movie that makes me cry, that always makes me cry. What's the film that makes you cry? There's no pressure. Well, the thing about me is is that everything makes me cry. I mean, you know that. How many times have you seen me watch? I mean, I could be watching the most ridiculous show ever. And I'm like... (laughs) At the end of 95... (laughs) they love each other. At the end of 95% of Ted Lasso episodes, you and I will look to each other and acknowledge that we're crying without making a big deal out of it. I cry all the time. At my the beginning kid, of Ted Lasso, my kids don't I... even you no no one my dad yeah, every, don't even no, acknowledge it nobody anymore. acknowledges you okay? no gently slide the Kleenex again. over to you. <laughs> okay, so but there's not one film that like uh, just it can just do it. There's, a film that notably you cried at. I cry for Steel Magnolias every time. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that kind of crying, you know. And that, but that's so cliche. The death of a young person, or he does this. No, 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 he no. Gently prods psychologically. No, it's not that. It's the, What's the theme it's of the, the movie that made you cry. Of the women, and it's the the power of community. Yes, the power of female community, women community. Okay. Women and like eccentric and so what's interesting sad women. about that, or are the tears that aren't sad. See, he does this. <laughs> it's not sad. It's I'm an empath. And I say that with like complete positivity and like it's it's a superpower of mm-hmm. mine. So you feel. I have a feeling in my gut. I can't hold it. it like I can't stop the crying because it's stuck in my throat. You know, it's there. It's got to yeah. come out. So that's what happens in movies and, and in situations like that. So when someone says to me like, why are you crying? I'm like, I don't know. It's got to come out. I can't make it stop. It's just going to. E.T. I knew you were going to say that. Shh. I think you've already told me this before. Eight years old mm-hmm. when it came out. And when he died and he was all white and ashen in the river, I was, I wailed. Yeah. Why are they doing this to us? Yeah. Is what my adult mind believes that my child mind was, was thinking. Why am I, why did you bring me here to go through this pain? Because E.T. was built for an eight-year-old to fall in love with. Uh-huh. Drew Barrymore, eight years old, fell in love with E.T. You and were that's not the thinking character. that logically. No, but I, oh, I've thought about literally. this a lot. So to this day, E.T. kicks up my allergies. Now, are there other movies that kick up my allergies? There are. Yeah. No one needs to know a list. But E.T., I, I, I guess it's just that... Um, I'm sure I cry in E.T. also. Imprint of the emotional roller coaster that it was at the time what was it that got me choked up the other day that was such an odd thing to get choked up over Ooh, i don't remember what we watched together all i know is that whatever it was i was like it's weird that i'm crying at this thing i also have a different understanding about what empathy means and a lot of energy is going on and when there's this much stuff going on in the world a lot of stuff going on empaths cannot not cry a lot there's a lot of stuff going on Get on or get off the bus, bud.
Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.